0: This is the C3 Podcast where we speak on culture, controversies, and Christ. I'm your host, Ricky Joe, and I hope to share and discuss some viewpoints on our world and where to find Jesus in the midst of the chaos. If I haven't talked about it before, let me just give a little bit of backstory. I am part Hawaiian, like a quarter Hawaiian. And if you understand how the Hawaiian Islands have blended with different cultures, then you know a huge part of the Hawaiian history of basically intermingling with different nationalities and coming out with 50 shades of Hawaiian, basically. There's brown, there's light skin, there's dark skin. You know, as long as they can prove they have Hawaiian ancestry, they're part Hawaiian. But a lot of times, Hawaiians say, I am Kanaka Maori, which means that they are locals, they are born, raised in Hawaii, or that they are from. Hawaiian bloodline and all that. And sometimes, even to this day, there are still arguments about who has royal status through their ancestors. Like who is more related to the first chief of Hawaii and how they should be marked as royalty, and or they have more um, Hawaiian status than other Hawaiians who are like super mixed. Like for my children, my kiki, they are super mixed, you know, because I have four different um, nationalities or three technically, but so I'm Hawaiian, Chinese, Korean, Puerto Rican, and my husband is of European, Middle Eastern, and or not Middle Eastern, um, sorry, Native American ancestry. And well, technically Middle Eastern since his relatives is also part Jewish who descended from Israeli. Yeah, I, I've been wanting my husband to do more deep dive research into that part of his um, lineage or what's not hierarchy, this, his family tree. Because I find it so interesting about the different cultures that people come from. And I know it's a norm for not, All, but most nationalities to be like, I am more of this than you are. And therefore, I should be treated superior than you, or I am superior than you. And even when I was young, you know, I was not entirely taught to be racist, but the influences due to what is said you know, especially in heat of emotions, of course, and I'm gonna push it, I'm gonna push this boundary, you know. Back in Hawaii growing up, a lot of my relatives, both direct and extended, would say very derogatory things towards white people, very like, you know, racist things. And even today, people, say, well, there's a difference between using the word "howly" towards white people and "howly" as foreign. And I do believe in context of the statement, but sometimes in the heat of emotions, people will just let their mouths fly and say really terrible things, very ignorant things too. And to me, now that, Or not now, but since I've been a born again Christian, since I've been trying to follow Christ, since I've been trying to stay close to the path of, you know, righteousness, trying to live a life of holiness, it's really hard to die to the old me when a lot of me is still dealing with some type of culture responsibility or you know roots basically people want to be proud of their identity in where they grew up or what they um what they are you know nationality or ethnicity wise But lately, the more I've been purging through my life, the things and people that have not helped me grow closer to Jesus, the more I've been wondering if what I want to teach my kids about their cultures that they've inherited through me and their father, the more I've had turmoil of can I still claim I am Hawaiian enough to even speak on Hawaii politics? And let me share with you why. Of all of my relatives who practice hula, ukulele, surf, dive, hunt, plant native Foods, you know, try to take care of the Aina, the land, right? The less I've real, or the more I've realized, I've done less to even help my quote unquote people or my ancestral home. Because growing up, I've always been a black sheep per se. And I was more focused on so many things foreign versus things locally. And in a way, for from my point of view, as a Christ follower, it's helped me not want to stay on the islands and just deal with whatever, or just be Miserable because during my personal life at the time, I was really miserable. I was dealing with a lot of depression, a lot of confusion, a lot of conflict, both morally, um, career wise, and relations wise. That as soon as my husband, who was my fiance at the time, offered for me to move in with him in California. I, I, I literally said, yes, I just want out of Hawaii at this point because I, I literally could not stay any longer than I, I wanted to be. And since I've left, I've slowly been trying to learn more of the Hawaiian culture to start speaking more Hawaiian or because that's like one of the very few things I wish to preserve as part of my, I guess, cultural practice, but also to preserve some of the Hawaiian values that are equivalent to even the morals from, you know, God's word, from God's, you know, from the Bible and not, or to separate from the pagan roots, like with practice, like with practicing certain superstitions that I, I was raised to, I guess, uphold when I was a child in Hawaii and to distance myself from a lot of occultic practices of like the demigods and you know certain chants that worship the demigods or can invite you know uhane, um basically spirits, especially of the evil type like the demons. No, thank you. <laughs> um, so to me, there's only so much I want to hold value. But at the same time, I'm conflicted, especially as of recently, if I should, if I'm just doing it out of responsibility, or if that is actually something God is would approve of me of holding. Because to me, there's no point in trying to preserve something that is not a part of God's purpose, God's will for me. And Even with a lot of the politics that's been happening, especially in the last few years that I've been paying attention, if you've listened to me long enough or followed me long enough, you know, I speak on mostly the mainland, the American government controversies, but not enough of the Hawaii politics or Hawaii government and even with everything that's been happening with the Lahaina fires, and as people, as people have been awakening to the conflicting information between what the government of Hawaii is saying and all the media that is being pushed, quote unquote, versus what people are posting online and people are sharing the testimonies of like realtors calling them, offering them $700 for their property for damages and all that. Um, you know, FEMA apparently withholding some aid. Like there's all kinds of videos on there. And of course you have the governor who aid Josh Green saying that, all oh, these people are just dropping misinformation. They're conspiracy theories. It's all lies. And it's like, but look at the evidence of what people are showing. How can you claim that to be conspiracy theories? And if you've been paying attention at all with a lot of these main medias, a lot of them are just pushing the same narrative and you start to wonder who's really telling the truth. And you can't dismiss the real victims of the Lahaina fires and then look at the Hollywood celebrities that come in and they're like, oh, we want to help the people. But then all their property is unscathed by the fires. Common sense is put two and two together. That's what I've learned. I mean, putting Lahaina fires aside, you know, there are local celebrities of Hawaii who have apparently organized together to make a fundraiser to help these people, you know, to help the locals, the Lahui, and somehow that money is seen nowhere. And it's been over a month since the Lahaina fires have happened. And even some of the Hawaiian pages that I follow on Instagram, instead of using um, Red Cross, FEMA, or any of the quote unquote celebrities of Hawaii for fundraising um, aid to the Lahaina victims, they are posting direct Venmos to families who have been directly affected. So that way there's no middle party that is somehow cutting a percentage that the victims can use. But somehow, because I've been noticing this for even the last several years since I've been paying attention to politics more and more, almost obsessively, which is kind of unhealthy for me. Forgive me, Lord. I've been noticing that Hawaii, because they're a very deep blue state, and if you understand what that means, they're very democratic. And even growing up, I was raised to always vote Democrat. Only the Democrats are truthful. Republicans hate the people and they, they're only selfish and blah, blah, blah. But then in the last few years, especially when Trump took office or actually before he took office, when he was running, I've been noticing a lot of things in the Republican slash conservative side of this bipartisan government that America runs under. Republicans align more to the Bible, conservatives even further more than the Democrats. Most of the Democrats, like 98% of them are for abortion, for same sex marriages. Now they're pushing the um, gender affirmative ideologies and they're not helping to protect young children or children at all they say like yeah protect trans kids and all that you know protect children of the pride community the lgbt community but there has been more people who have been testifying against the gender affirmative actions because they've already went through the transitioning process being from their biological gender to wanting to be the other gender. So they go through hormonal therapy. They go through, you know, um, gender transition surgeries. And these surgeries are irreversible. Even today, like, I wasn't even looking for it. It just popped up on my phone as part of a, uh, I guess, suggestion article. And it was based in Minnesota. This woman, transitioned at 16 and at the time um this woman was dealing with personal issues happening in her own family and then on top of that she was dealing with depression she was being exposed to these gender affirmative influencers and also on top of that on top of that she was being groomed by an older male from another state and if you add the trauma, the confusion, rejection, abandonment, soul wounds, that woman was opened up to so much of the enemy's lies and confusion, this um, ablement, distractions, and overall destruction over her own body that she had a double mastectomy she went through testosterone injections. And I think it was at 21 years old, she finally realized that because she was in such a vulnerable state, especially at 16, that's why she went through this process. But now that she is a lot older, more mature, she's not, she's overcoming those hurts and traumas that she realizes, well, not realize. she regrets going through that transitioning process. But again, these gender transition surgeries are irreversible and who knows what else those injections, the hormone blockers or whatnot, has done to her entire body, her nervous system, the cellular um, layer, you know, it She's not the only one, basically. Now I know I went a little bit off topic, but I'm circling back now. (laughs) So In regards with the people of Hawaii, I still have a deep attachment to Hawaii because of relatives that are there, people that I still care about, even though there are many of them I don't have, I'm going no contact with because I'm still healing from a lot of things in regards with my family and friends back in Hawaii. Well, ex friends, I should say. Several years ago, I believe, I made a post on my social media at the time saying that soon enough, because of how deep of a blue state California and Hawaii is or are, it's only a matter of time before Hawaii became like California and slowly, but surely it has, especially pushing with the gender ideology Pride community curricula. Even in I want to say the last decade, there has been more focus on preserving not not all of Hawaii. the majority of Hawaii somehow are putting more focus on preserving a certain part of the quote unquote ancient Hawaiian culture that involves the pride community, the LGBT ideologies or lifestyle and whatnot. In Hawaii, it's called mahu and Several years ago, I remember passing on YouTube and seeing this quote-unquote documentary about how there was wahine kane or womanly males or kane wahine, which is masculine women and how supposedly in ancient Hawaiian culture that ma'hu's were their own deities or deities, however you pronounce that word, and that they were somehow valued among Hawaiian society because they would be able to do just as much as the women did and as the men did and even like somehow someone got it twisted that even the first chief of hawaii king kamehameha had a male lover and it's like what he had many or he had wives and many concubines but a male lover come on but then of course There's a lot of people nowadays that are saying like, oh, well, back in ancient civilizations, there's a lot of homosexual couples and or like side lovers that were of the same sex and stuff like that. And it's like, it's not about just homosexuals in general, it goes down to the root of sexual sin. And if you know my testimony, I shared about how I used to partake in the LGBT lifestyle or sexual identity, but because of Jesus, of Yeshua, He freed me of the bondage, not just of homosexuality, but the roots that it stemmed from, that was hiding underneath the quote-unquote identity. So now that the mahu, Culture is somehow being further embraced to where now that's considered more of a priority over preserving land, water rights of the whole, um, of the Kanaka. And pardon me, I'm just getting a little tongue twisted. But it just baffles me. It really baffles me how much further that Hawaii has grown yet deteriorated because somehow the mahu culture is valued more than people learning how to plant kalo, how to preserve more of the native plants, the native lands on Hawai'i. And if you understand a little bit of the Hawai'i politics, on Oahu, they still have not finished their rail system, the so-called train of Oahu. Still incomplete, but yet somehow, it cost, I wanna say. Billions, or is it called a light rail? Um, Oahu project. If you just look up Oahu light rail project. Oh, it apparently opened. Oh, from Pearl Harbor to Daniel. Trying to... What is the status? What is the current status? Still constructing. Well, that's from 2022. I just realized, guys that are not just realized, I realized a while ago, like I should be able to still record while looking up more information instead of having just handheld notes. But is it open open as of june 30th 2023 it's a light metro but is it the actual railway that they've been talking about skylines and light metro system in the city and county of honolulu on the island of oahu hawaii project phase one of the project opened june 30th 2023 of this year and lies entirely outside of urban Honolulu, linking East Kapolei and Law Stadium. But the overall cost of it, you guys, was ridiculous, especially when it came to. It took how long? <laughs> yeah. So. This apparent railway cost twelve point forty five billion dollars and eleven years late. Huh <laughs> sorry y'all <clears throat> they took could have took that money and given it to the people to further preserve real native Hawaiian culture, which is learning how to farm native uh, plants, preserve water to help with the farms, and put more into, quote unquote, freeing Hawaiian people from the colonialism that happened in hundreds of years, or at least over 150 plus years ago, you know? And that's another thing sometimes <laughs> Hawaiians back home have the vision um, as well. Besides what is to be preserved more, the mahu culture or like the r- real culture of learning how to preserve agriculture. Sorry, I've been trying to dig for that word for a while in my brain. The agriculture of Hawai'i. But another thing that is also a very division topic or subject, sub-subject in Hawaii is rather we are actually considered Americans because we understand the history of Hawaii, of the illegal occupation, the quote unquote treaties that happened and the oppressing of the language and the hula and all that, which I'll get into a little bit. A lot of Hawaiians, Have protested basically saying that we're not American, we're colonized, and you know, our people have been oppressed, like all like a lot more peaceful than when a certain organization happened in during 2020 or even before then, but it kind of blew up in 2020. But still the victim mentality. enables their emotional outcry, but this enables a real solution to help not be considered American. Basically, they're using American money, getting paid American money, working American-based jobs, and also buying um, foreign products. Yes, there may be some local small businesses that still embraces the actual culture of Hawaii, besides just the native authentic culture, but not making efforts to build a economic system that does not base around the American way to provide for their families to capitalize, basically, (laughs) to even like run their own Hawaii government and stuff like that. Now, before I go any further about that, Here's my point and that this might upset somebody if ever reaches more than 10 followers or 10 10 views. I was even speaking about with a local out here in, in the current red state. And I said, even if Hawaii was given back its home, its kingdom to the Hawaiians where all, of American, all of America's powers and imports or whatever, releases itself from Hawaii. How long until another foreign power comes in and overpowers the citizens of Hawaii? Would it be Russia? Would it be China? Would it be Japan? Maybe North Korea wants to take, you know, Hawaii for a spin or so. And even like the locals I was talking to yesterday was telling me. So either way, you guys are are screwed. And I'm like, exactly. I don't like the how the foreign behaviors that have somehow influenced the minds, the spirit of Hawai'i, the culture itself, to where (laughs) even like some of the native um, women, uh, they have sold themselves out to disappropriate, to basically culture-appropriate, their own lineage, the Hawaiian culture to Hollywood, to to gain personal power or have personal gain versus to preserve real Hawaiian culture and help the Hawaiian people flourish. And even some locals, they say, continue to vote Democrat and we still ain't gonna go nowhere. And some people argue the bipartisan um, government are all the same, (laughs) they just look different. And to me, it's like, I only see a few Hawaiian people that are Christ-centered, but still doing more to preserve the Hawaiian culture than these liberal type um, of Hawaiians or locals back home and just preserving more nonsense of Hawaii's culture than anything else. For me personally, I just, because I haven't been a citizen of Hawaii. I mean, I'm a born and raised in Hawaii, and with the quote-unquote conspiracy theory of Hawaii never being a legal state, so therefore we were never American to begin with because of there being no paper trail of the treaty, the the, quote-unquote the so-called treaty that is nowhere to be found. We're basically Hawaiians in our own home, but still oppressed by the American government. And for me, I haven't been a citizen of Hawaii for the last like 10, 11-ish years because I got married to a, quote unquote, holly man, he is mostly white. And even though I've been keeping up with some of the politics that's going on in Hawaii, on all the islands, not just where where I am from, No matter what, I always tend to go back to be like, God, at this point, I am i don't even care about what's happening in Hawaii because if it's this bad on the mainland of America, I can imagine how much worse it could get in at home in Hawaii. You know, the place I was born and raised where I still have loved ones at people who I still think about and pray for. And yet at the same time, surrender to Jesus to be like, they're in your hands because I'm not in control of what they do, what they believe, what they want or how they act. I am only responsible for my life and to raise my family alongside with my husband to live for Jesus. Because despite everything I was raised about, God came, or not God came in, but God was just waiting for me to allow him to submit to him, to surrender to him for a better life outside of my own knowledge. And here I am 10 to 11 years later, working through healing of trauma that happened back home from the different doorways that have allowed a lot of um demonic strongholds over my life until i was finally delivered of them last year if you go to my relapse series on the c3 podcast and listen to the i think about hour-long episode where my husband was um on you get to hear about that deliverance. To me, I have already purged a lot of what I was influenced to uphold when when I was living in Hawaii the first 21st, 21 years of my life. And Since accepting Jesus to my life, I've seen where there has been a lot of demonic strongholds from that um, certain parts of my Hawaiian culture. And then where I there is not much left to preserve, to teach and pass down to my kids. But for me, I'm torn on if it's even worth preserving because at the end of the day, I want my children to know Jesus and to do a deep dive about who Jesus is and all that God has in store for them to even handle all the chaos that's happening in this world. Because I tell you right now, when I didn't have Jesus in my life, it was a much different experience a lot of depression, a lot of anger, resentment, a lot of hurt, trauma, resent. And even a large part of me, if I haven't shared this much earlier, a large part of me does regret focusing more on like anime, art, foreign stuff versus the local stuff. Preserving much earlier, certain parts especially the language of hawaii so that way i can teach more to my children and even like today i'm still trying to preserve the hawaiian language by going through different um hawaiian teaching um pages like social media pages and practicing more on different language apps to further advance my um to teach my children. And I I speak of it more here in the red state than I ever did back home all my life. Like I spoke pidgin, which is, I don't want to say a language in itself, but it's pecs of different languages that formed into one language to be able to communicate with other um, ethnicities back in the sugar plantation days in Hawai'i, which is still carried out to today. But to actually speak ole'a Hawai'i is a different challenge because to me, I struggle with if I'm saying it right or if I'm even saying the right words. Like, I know certain phrases. And I say it to my children. And my children understand me. And even my daughter, she's so cute, She told me one time, mom, I don't speak Hawaiian, I speak English. I was like, yeah, you speak English and you speak a little bit of Hawaiian. But overall, you understand what I'm saying. And she's like, Oh, yeah, but I speak English, mom. And it's like, Okay, that's fine. You know, that's, that's gonna be her ultimate choice. If she wants to preserve that or she's just gonna leave it alone. But ultimately, I don't want her or my son to look at me, and be like, "Mom, why didn't you, you know, do anything Hawaiian besides just do hula?" Because I've done one hula since I've been here in the current red state as part of my testimony, my Jesus testimony, which I will share one day soon, and it. Honestly, not made me feel warm. There was just something about me doing not just any type of hula, but a faith-based hula. One that praises God, that Jesus was able to speak through the lyrics, that was able to touch others through how Jesus has transformed me and healed me from so much and he is still healing me. I just have to keep making active effort to work on that. So that way he can further transform me. I just need to stop trying to put my own spin on it or try to establish the steps basically, but let him establish it and not me. And it's more of dying to my old me and allowing him to glorify through me so I can exalt him. It's kind of interesting how, no matter what event is going on in this world, especially when you're Christ-centered, you're seeking him every day, you're trying to grow closer to him every day, God will give you revelations through the Holy Spirit. And then you're just furthermore grateful for all that Jesus has done. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll end it there, guys. Thank you for listening. Take care. Be safe. Ajuyjo.